Hello and welcome to episode 131 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And join me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I am beside myself today. Beside yourself? Is, is, yeah. is there two of you? Yeah, there is now. Oh, because, and you know why, this has outraged both of us to the point where we've immediately jumped online to do a podcast. Yeah, and and different to usual times when we do this, instead of doing one hour of unrecorded podcast beforehand, we've only been online for about five minutes and gone, no, nah, let's just fucking rip in. Just straight into it. Um, so let's get down to it. Two hours ago, the English Rugby League have put out a, a brief news article with a little poll on there. So let's just read it out. As part of our 125th anniversary celebrations, we're asking the Rugby League public to vote on a number of greatest polls. Five, five players have been shortlisted by the RFL's 125 super fans. I'd like to know who they were. Before the winner will be decided by users of the RFL website and our league app. The vote for greatest player will close at midday on Thursday the 13th of February with the winner revealed in a special announcement at a later date. Who is the greatest ever rugby league player? Mm. Here are the names. Ellery Hanley deserves to be in the conversation. Yeah, you've got to... Keep in mind this is always going to be English-centric, which... Of course, everything out of England is, you know. I mean, they're very important over in England. Just ask them. Yes. Clive Sullivan, another player. Phenomenal career. Uh, definitely deserves yep. me in the conversation. Yep. Brian Bevan. Um, a winger with, with an, an untouchable try-scoring record. Yep. Wally Lewis. He's an immortal in Australia, so definitely deserves yep. me in the conversation. Yeah. And Kevin fucking Sinfield. Who thought Who thought that it was a good idea to even think about having him in this list? It's embarrassing. And I think that he would be embarrassed by it. I don't think it does anything for him. I don't understand what the whole thing about Kevin Sinfield is because they, they run campaigns for him. They run PR campaigns for him, and I don't understand it. Can I, can I suggest one thing, okay, to be shortlisted for, for such a prestigious title? I think you'd need to have a winning record at international level, as in more wins than losses, yeah. and Sinfield doesn't. No, or, or at least be of some consequence at international level, which Kevin Sinfield never was. Let's have a look, shall we, at the wins that Kevin Sinfield had as a test player. Okay, 2000, beat Russia. Then he beat Fiji. In 2001 in the Ashes series, the first test, Great Britain beat Australia. That's the only time in his career he beat Australia. And wasn't uh, he on the bench for that game? Or uh, he, he started at hooker. Hooker, yeah, that's it. Because, like, even in his own era, he struggled to make the Great Britain team in his position at Correct. loose forward. Yes. Um, it was then six years before his next victory. And that was against France in 2007, then beat New Zealand in 2007. They were both for Great Britain. Then back to England for 2008 where they beat France. Papua New Guinea, um, 2009, beat France again, beat New Zealand. 2011, beat Wales and New Zealand. 
2012 beat Wales, 2013 beat Ireland, Fiji, and France. Wow. One of the five best players of all time right there. Unbelievable. Uh, what are they thinking? 34 tests, 15 wins, 18 losses. That's crazy. And, you know, struggled to struggled to break into the side as a loose forward. Yeah, couldn't couldn't even get in there in his actual position. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, I, I'm but, absolutely flabbergasted. I mean, we've and, got 13 immortals in Australia. Mm. There's a swag of players that are on the RFL Hall of Fame, which Kevin Sinfield isn't, mind you. He's eligible to go on there this year. Oh, and like they're going to roll out the me. red carpet for him when it happens, by the way. Um, there's players from other countries outside of Australia and England who have also been absolutely world-class and mm. the best ever in the game in the history of the game, not even in the conversation. Yeah. Kevin Sinfield is. I just don't get it. Neither do I. Um... I mean, the New Zealand Sports Hall of Fame. So this is not just Rugby League. This is their entire Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah. They've got a bunch of players there. So they've got Albert Baskerville, who founded Rugby League in New Zealand. Basically, you know, partially introduced it to Australia. Um, yeah, yeah. Tom Baxter, Mark Graham, Stacey Jones, Cez Mountford, George Smith, Des White, Ruben Wickey. And there are others who are, you know, deserving of being put into this conversation. Mm-hmm. France, I mean, Puig Burr. He was he was regarded quite often as being Clive Churchill's equal, and Clive Churchill is regarded as arguably Australia's greatest ever player. Mm. And Churchill's not on the list. I mean, Pugel oh. Burr was five foot two tall and was regarded as one of the greatest players that's played the game anywhere in the world. Yeah, you know, and they've taken a player who didn't make a mark during an era for British Rugby League where they failed so miserably. That's what I don't get. Yeah. Like, if we were taking our greatest players and and taking them from eras where we were getting absolutely annihilated by Great Britain and New Zealand, it, it would be a joke if we did that. But Great yeah. Britain has done that, and they've said, hey, like, who was this expert panel? Because no expert panel, and I don't care how... Like, there's people that are biased, and I get that. And this is always going to have an English slant, and I get that. But any expert that says that Kevin Simfield is one of the five best players of all time, they should be disregarded, completely disregarded, because he simply isn't. I don't think he's one of the top five players of his era. He might not even be the one of the top five players of Super League players that were around during his career. I wouldn't even have him as one of the top five players for um, for Leeds in the time that he was playing there. Well, he like there were so many times where he just, whenever he come up against world class opposition, he was of no consequence, none. Like not, you know, there were players was, like I think it's someone like a Paul gonna, Sculthorpe, right? Uh, I think a yep. Paul Sculthorpe. Okay. Yep. Yep. Who was a loose forward as well, sometimes played out of position as well, and was very good in Super League, and against Australia did nothing, did absolutely nothing. 
the contribution though that Paul Sculthorpe had for Great Britain compared to the contribution that Kevin Sidfield had, it's chalk and cheese. Paul Sculthorpe's miles ahead of him. And no one's going to say Paul Sculthorpe's one of the top five players of all time. No. I'm not saying that that um, Kevin Sinfield was a crap player. He wasn't. He, he was quite successful. He played for a long career. You can't do that by being crap. But in England, though. Regardless. You, you, you can't have a career that goes for 18, 19 years anywhere and be garbage. You've got to be, you've got to be good to some extent. But the thing is, he should not, he should not ever be in this conversation of the greatest players ever. And not even in the top 100, not in the top two, three, four, five hundred. No. I mean, he, like, he was very like, rock solid, consistent player at club level. There's a ton of those players in the history of the game. That's, that's where he was. Well, just some of the Super League, just in the Super League era, some of the players that I would say have been better than Kevin Sinfield. And people know what I think of Super League players and English players in general. But just in the Super League era, Kieran Cunningham, and people know what I think of Kieran Cunningham, uh, James Graham, Panface, Andy Farrell, uh, Gary Connolly, you know, there's there's Gareth, heaps of them. Gareth Ellis. Yep, 100%. Paul Sculthorpe. Uh, who else would be better than him? Look, I, if somebody said best players that have played in Super League during his career. I'm throwing Andrew Johns in there because he didn't play there for long, but he was better than Kevin Sinfield. Um, I'm saying, uh, who Alan else? Langer. Alan Langer. He's definitely in there. Jamie Lyon. Oh, but Jamie Lyon, what he did in, in Super League, was so far ahead of anything that Kevin Sinfield ever did in his but, career. At that right, you could almost throw in Pat Richards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What about Trent Barrett? He tore up Super League. It's ridiculous. I'll even go as far as saying the problem I've got with that list is look at some of the names that they've ignored just from the English RFL Hall of Fame. Who could have been on there? Okay, go on. Billy Batten, Billy Boston, Alex Murphy, Jonty Parkin, Gus Risman, Albert Rosenfeld, Jim Sullivan, Harold Wagstaff, Neil Fox, Vince Corralius, Roger Millwood. And that's just the first bunch of people that were inducted in 88, 89, and yeah. a few in 2000. Yeah. What uh, about Martin Offier? Yeah, Martin Offier. Um, Mal Riley, Mick Sullivan, Albert Goldthorpe, Sean Edwards, Andy Gregory, um, Derek Turner, Lewis Jones. I mean, Jesus Christ, all of those players are miles ahead of Sinfield. It's not even close. And yet yeah. they're all ignored. And yeah. we're not even looking at the at, at players from any other country. How can they get this part so wrong when they can't even get the the three or four best players from their own game, from the entire history of the game? And it's again, we're seeing this thing that we see it in Australia. Mm. And every time you get these stupid polls come up and you've got them for the immortal thing as well. Yeah. Everyone that played prior to World War Two just practically didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And when when we had the Immortals adding, was it three or four players the last time? Mm-hmm. I was amazed at how many people were in, you know up in arms about the fact that Dave Brown and, and um, Danny Messenger both got inducted. 
and yeah. Birch because oh, yeah. no one's around to say you know how well they played and we don't know what they were like and what are we doing inducting blokes no one ever saw and you know why are we having these many people in there and going no they deserve to be there you can yeah. only be judged against the people you played against at the time and you know exactly. how how you regarded at the time exactly and, and that no like, one they, the way what they were as players it was recorded you know we we can't see it in uh video footage but it was recorded in many different places the records still stand today for a lot of those players and it was just unquestionable where their standing was in the game exactly and every single one of those immortals and every single one of these hall of famers had been talked about in the media at the time that they played as being the greatest in their position or to some of them the greatest of a generation the greatest ever yeah, I don't recall ever seeing Kevin Sinfield being tagged with that. No, uh, so I, I, it's got I'd me scratching my not... head. I I don't know. It says on here that they they had 125 super fans were the people who come up with his shortlist, and idiots. That alone is stupid because if you're going to have a poll like this to celebrate 125 years, your goal should be to do it right. Yeah. You don't just get a whole lot of random people to talk about it because, of course, they're only going to talk about the people they saw. Yeah. Which is why exactly. everyone on there played post-World War Two. And the other do thing this, is... All they've got to do is just say, Tony Collins, give us a list of the five greatest players you think ever. Yeah. And he just does that, and then everyone can vote after that. But just let him do the five greatest, because as we've as we've heard from him, he knows this stuff better than anyone else. Especially over there, if they want to have the English slant on it. Mm. Um, this is this is absurd. Look, I'm happy for them to have an English slant on it. Yeah, likewise. That's what they do. You know, you're not going to change them. You're not going to make them see sense. You're not going to make them think of the wider game. They're very ego, egotistical in that way. You know, they're very self-centered in that way. They're not the English Rugby League. They're the Rugby Football League. And and it's always going to be that way. They're the center of the entire Rugby League world. Just ask them. And so, I, I, you know, if they'd come out and said, oh, the greatest player of all time is Ellery Hanley, I'd have been like, yeah, that seems like something that Pom would say. Uh, but to come up with these, this list of five and see Kevin Sinfield's name there, I mean, it's utterly ridiculous and it makes an absolute joke of whatever they're trying to achieve. It takes away from whatever they were trying to achieve. And, you know, English Rugby League loves making a mockery of itself and then turning around and whinging when the rest of the Rugby League world points finger at it and says, you're being silly now. And, you know, then they go into their victim complex. I can't believe that anybody would allow that to come out. And I can't believe that somebody wouldn't get that list. And even if Kevin Sinfield was one of the top-ranked players from this, these 120 super fans, which I'm, I guarantee you, you'll never find these people. It's be like the uh, Golden Point people, uh, the Golden Boot people that vote. It's like just fucking nameless cunts. You know what I mean? Well, I was going to say, this is... This is just the golden boot all over again. You yeah. know, when they when they rejigged it to try and make it more suitable so that you know English players could win it. Yeah. Um, 
But no, it's and and by the way, the complete opposite of the world rankings, where somehow Great Britain can get thrashed through an entire series, nothing happens to them. But Australia loses a game to Tonga, and they drop down from being number one in the world to a team that they beat really, really handily. And how this keeps on happening. And you know what? This is why people don't take English rugby league seriously. It's silly shit like this. Uh, it it irritates me so much because you know one of the things that I set out to do as as an historian is not sit there and, and talk talk up current players or players who everyone's seen play, but to try and tell the story of the players that no one saw and make sure that they're not forgotten. And some of their stories are unbelievable, astonishing, and they need to be part of the game's folklore and history moving on. And that should be, these people should be regarded as equals. That's why I'm so such a big fan of pushing for Duncan Thompson to be made an immortal. He was that yeah. damn good. Yeah. And, but because the stupid argument is, well, no one saw him play, you know, anyone who saw him play is dead now. You know, who gives a shit? We have a medal named after a bloke who played in 1908. Yeah. You know, and... and England's, just, England's got one. Lance Todd, a Kiwi. He played in yeah. the same period as Daly Messenger and probably a bit earlier than that. And they've got an award named after him. He's not even on the list. Yeah, it makes no sense. And, and like, the... Uh, the thing that makes – I wonder sometimes, do you try and make sense of it? Like, do you try and explain huh. why it doesn't make sense? Or are you just hitting your head against a brick wall with this stuff? Because it seems like time and time again, English Rugby League just just puts out some dumb crap like this. And it huh. never – you know, the shoe doesn't fall. You know, it, it just – they don't get it. They don't get it ever. And, and I was going to say, I, look, I, 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 I can't even – I can't even put in an argument to say that Brian Bevan deserves to be there. As much as his try scoring record is fantastic. Well, let's be honest, right? And this is through their entire history over there. Wingers score tries at a ridiculous rate. At some, like, everyone gets tries. If you're a winger over there, it doesn't matter how bad you are, you're going to get heaps of tries. And I'm not talking down Brian Bevan here. I'm just being honest. Like some of the try scoring records, some of the average plays that have been over there in recent years. You know, you look at how many tries like Leslie Vainicolo would score or Pat Richards would score, and it was absolutely ridiculous, you know. So you can't go just on the try scoring records of these players in England because anybody that can walk down a sideline, an English sideline, they're going to score 300 tries. Yeah. It's, I, I've, I've never seen something like that before and felt so angered by it because yeah. so many great players have been overlooked for someone mm-hmm. who was handy in recent times. And handy at club level. Yeah. Not, not really of any use at international level. There are so many, and look, and this is this is not even trying to be facetious or cheeky or any of that sort of shit. There are so many players I could think of right now who are better than Kevin Sinfield as players. 
and well, I would not Peacock even put them on this more successful than Kevin Sinfield in Super League. I mean, yeah. he won with the Bradford Bulls and then won with the Leeds Rhinos. I'm even thinking of players like, you know, um, James Tedesco. Yeah. Roger Tuivasa Shek. Jason Tomalolo. Jason Tomalolo. And there's no way I'd be putting them on this list right now. But I'd have them all ahead of Sinfield. Yeah, look, the only one that I would think of, a current player, who I would definitely have to do some mental wrestling about would be Talmalolo. And I've said I think he's an all-time great. Um, But he is probably halfway through his career, maybe not quite there yet. And, you know, it's very difficult to line him up against. And and at some point it comes down to achievements as well. It does. I you think know, for something like this, I'd be looking at people who change the way the game was played because well, they're the ones who are going to have the biggest impact. And you're yeah, looking and, at people like Arthur Beats and Yeah. Well, I look at Tal Malolo like that. Like, this is a guy who was, you know, he won a premiership pretty young for a forward. Uh, and then he says, I'm going to play for Tonga. And he takes Tonga from being just all right to beating Australia. And if he doesn't make that switch himself as the best forward in the game by a a long way, right? In a golden era of forwards, by the way, if he doesn't make that switch, we're not talking about Tonga too much. They'd have a handy team, but it wouldn't be what he has single-handedly done. It's like uh, Albert for France. Like how often do we see at international level where one player comes along and they change things? And he didn't do it with one of the, you know, the established nations. He did it with Tonga. Yeah, exactly. And that's just, that's just an argument right now for Jason Taumalolo. And as I said, if you and me sat down and made a list of the top 10 players, I would be extremely surprised if either of us had him in the top 10 or oh, even yeah. in the top 20. You know, I, it's... There's I'd so be hard-pressed to put any... I'd be hard-pressed to put any player from the last 20 years in there other than Lockyer and Johns, and I don't think I'd fit him in anyway. Yeah, I would I would probably say uh, Lockyer, Johns, the Maybe other players Fiddler. that I... Well, the other players I would think of, Fitler, uh, Cameron Smith, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, Slater, sure. Croc, Inglis, they, you could probably toss them in there first, yeah, then, I guess. I, I think Inglis would get in there. I think Slater would have to... I don't think Kronk gets near it personally. And then I'd be looking at players like uh, Webke and uh, Lazarus. Uh, You know, and Lazarus is starting to get back into a bit of a different era. But that's just off the top of my head, the players that I would say would be from the last 20 years or so. I can't think of anyone, anyone else that's like a jump out. You know what? you might get a Steve Menzies argument in there because his try scoring record and what he did was pretty incredible for a forward. Um, but that's it. Yeah. Um, as I said, I'd, I'd be going with players who changed the way the game was played. Um, yep. Wally Lewis, Ellery Hanley definitely were players you could fit into that era. Um, yeah, as I said, Arthur Beetson. Duncan Thompson, Daly Messenger, Quigor Burr. Um, if you wanted to throw in someone current, 
then I'd be putting in someone like a Benji Marshall. And I I would yeah. not I'm not saying I would put him in there, but if that's what they wanted to do, I think Benji would be regarded as better than Kevin Sinfield and he had a bigger impact on the game than Sinfield did. One hundred percent. I mean he won a, a premiership as a youngster. Uh with a and team a World that, Cup. Yeah, well that that's the thing. Well he he wins a premiership as a youngster with a team which was basically like a rebuilding from nothing by the time he turns up there. And they build a premiership winning team around him and Robbie Farrar. And then he goes on and he's like the superstar that, and I'm willing to say the one that the whole thing revolved around for New Zealand winning the World Cup. Um, You know, that's unquestioned. Unquestioned. And I would, yeah, Benji Marshall deserves to be in the conversation. Um, You know, I, I mean, I look at that list and it's, uh, like even and if you're talking about the the top five players of all time, you can make arguments against the great Wally Lewis. Yeah, I I'd be hard pressed to put Wally in there. I think when you've got the likes of um, Messenger, uh, Reg Gaznia, Johnny Raper, Graham Langlands, Bob Fulton, I just rattled off five immortals there, and I haven't even mentioned Clive Churchill yet. Yeah, see and for these me, are just first... Australians. I mean, there there yeah. are there have been fantastic British players as well, and obviously, as I said, French and New Zealand. Um, yeah, I, I I can't argue for too many straight up modern day players when there's so many players who have had a long lasting legacy from the past, and that legacy only exists because they were that fucking good. Yeah, like. I'll ask you this question because I know what the answer is for me. Is in the person that you decide, the person that you feel is the best player of all time, are they on that list? No. Yeah, neither's mine. And it's, I don't know. It's, it's just, uh, it's just disappointing to see something like that. But I wouldn't even. Yeah. Uh, for me, and this is going on what clips I've seen and what I've read about, one player who seemed to take English Rugby League by storm, British player, mm-hmm. was Billy Boston. And he came yep. along as someone very similar to Reg Gaznia, just an explosive centre who could just, just put the crowd on their feet. And people still talk about him today. Um, he's someone I'd have higher up there than pretty much most of the people on that list. What about Alex Murphy? Again, another great. Yeah. There's so many great British players that were around in the, the 60s and 70s too. I mean, they were yeah. the best club around, best team around then internationally. And that the 50s and 60s was at a time when International Rugby League was possibly at its toughest because for a period you had Australia considered as one of the best and then France and Great Britain all in the space of, you know, 15 years or so. It was that yeah. strong and that competitive. And New Zealand went that far behind. Um so there's so many great players just from that era there. And uh, again, that is just after World War Two. There were so many great ones before it as well. And they, the, the people pre-World War Two just keep getting forgotten time and time again. It's very weird. It's very, very weird. And it's documented how good they were. Yeah. That's the sad thing. It's, it's not like there's lost records or something. We, 
we know how good they were. And it's not like there was a cutoff point. It's not like there was a five-year gap where the game stopped being played. The game's always been played. There were, There's never been this bit like big line in the sand where we say, well, is this era and this era. You know, it's all, all flowed together. And for those players to not be considered is it's sad. It's really sad because they were great players. They were as dominant as our dominant players are today. Yeah, it's... Oh, that's a slap in the face to rugby league's history. It really it, is. This, and this is a problem we have. It's more so in England too, is there are a lot of people who closely follow English rugby league history over there. You'll find every single club that still exists will have a volunteer historian involved with the club. If they wanted 125 people to do this voting, go around and get those people involved first because at least you're going to get people with knowledge and research and skill and history all tucked into their brain. They know what they're talking about mm-hmm. and you'll actually get proper answers. I don't think you'll get a Leeds historian saying that Kevin Sinfield would be the best player the club's ever had. No. No, and like the thing... <laughs> The thing that I don't understand is what is this campaign? Because some of the journalists over there get right behind it. They love it. And I, and they're, they literally campaign as well. And I don't understand if the rugby football, it feels to me like the rugby football league sat down at one point and said, we need to have someone we can market around and we need an icon and we need someone that we can give name recognition to. And, you know, Kevin Sinfield has never been any in any sort of off-field issues, played a long time for the one club at Leeds uh, in Super League, you know, very good point scorer. Uh, he won a lot of titles. Um, and it, it's almost as though they said, let's push him. And so they gave him the golden boot and said he was the best player in the world, which was silly. I mean, it was goofy. And then, but it's continued to happen. I mean, I was saying, um, I've said a couple of times, like they've pushed him into roles of, of the director of rugby and every single team that he's become the director of rugby for is immediately tanked. They've gone terrible. Um, and now they're pushing him as one of the top five players of all time, and I just don't understand why it is, why there's that campaign, because I don't think we've ever had anything like that in Australia. I mean, can you think of any player that was... We've had negative campaigns, like we've had uh, a lot of State of Origin stuff, like the the New South Wales media and stuff didn't like Wally Lewis at all um, and, and, and talked him down. But I don't think we've ever had a player that has been talked up to the level that Kevin Sinfield is, where it's like this so-so player is elevated to a level where he shouldn't even be... He's not a consideration for the rest of the world. I'd probably argue that... And this is not the same level, but um, there was a very strong push for Andrew Johns to be named an immortal. And... Um, it was kind of done with with very little consideration for too many players who probably deserved to be there before him. 
but and he was sort least... of rushed into to immortality. Um, I'm still not comfortable with him being named an immortal. I'm not saying he's not worthy, but I think more time needs to pass after a player's retired before you consider them for you know something, some sort of status as great as that is. Yeah, so, but the thing about Andrew Johns, there's no doubt he was the best player in the world for a very long time. And there's no doubt that when you line him up against the best halfbacks of all time, he's I, I consider him to be the best all-round halfback of all time. His kicking game was, I won't say revolutionary, because I think that that's more Ricky Stewart, but he definitely took that and took it to a completely different level, a new level, which is what we demand of our players now, our halfbacks now. And then when you add in the goal kicking, and I think the fact that he took a Newcastle team that at times was absolutely terrible and he had them as a contender for a long, long time for teams that should never have been a contender. I mean, at least Andrew Johns, you can say all that with, oh, and there's also, you know, the things he did at origin level. And there's also, you know, the 95 World Cup when he was a youngster and, you know, he did so much at international level. Um I, I just think that at least for Andrew Johns, you can make a really, really good case. I mean, yeah, I, I think agree. Andrew Johns is one of the top five players of all time. I don't think he's the best player of all time, but I think he's definitely top five. So at least you're coming from that running. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. But he, um, I was pretty much making a point that he was the only one I can think of that was pushed... Um, for some sort of status like that. Uh, there were a lot of players who probably could have been given immortality status before Joey got it. Yeah. I'm not saying Joey shouldn't have got it. I'm just saying that I think he could have waited a bit longer. I think the one thing that, that tells you whether a player is an immortal or not mm-hmm. is their legacy. And yeah. you don't know what a player's legacy is if they're getting you know immortality status three or four years after they retired. Yeah. You know? Oh, look at, I think we might have said this on the podcast before. It should be something like 10 years before you're even considered. Yeah. And that was a a thing I had set up, which was you just named two players from every decade. Yeah. And at the end of every decade, you named two from the decade prior, not the one that's just finished, but the one prior to that. So yeah, everyone's had 10 years to think about it. Yeah. Um, And that's all I think I should have done there. But, um, and Ellery Hanley was, he was an absolute freak of nature. And the thing is, he proved it in the English comp. And the English comp was at its peak in the in the 80s, mm-hmm. but compared to the Australian local comp. Mm-hmm. And then as the Australian one started to creep up and be equal and then step forward, he came over to Australia and proved himself over here as well. Yeah. Um, and not easy to do. Um, no. So for me, he definitely deserves to be there. Um the rest have got phenomenal records, and you don't need to go on about them. As just, and I think, as I said to you in the, the brief chat before we start the episode, I'm always hesitant about putting wingers in this conversation. Yeah. Because more often than not, a lot of the work is done prior to them getting the ball, and those people doing that work should be the ones getting recognised more. And it sounds like I'm taking... The shine off Brian Bevan's record, I'm not. It is phenomenal. No one's going to touch it. Never, um, ever. 
and but I, I wouldn't have a winger in the top five, you know, to be considered for the greatest ever player. Yeah, I, look, it's it's very hard to it's very hard to justify, it. and I say that as someone that only ever wanted to be a winger <laughs> when I played. <laughs> uh, it, maybe, maybe that thing I'm a bit spiteful because I used to be a centre. So I didn't want to do all the hard work and then have a winger go and do the work and <laughs> get, the, get the glory. That wouldn't feed me the ball so I could score tries. Yeah, just um, hog it. Yeah, just ball I'll do it myself. I don't need no winger. <laughs> um, uh, you know, the thing about their list, right? And when you're talking about the best of all time, you've got to, you're, you're trying to, you're trying to kick holes in a, a bloody gold fence, you know? It's difficult, but that's what you got to do. That's the only way you can do it because there's so many great players. Yeah. And on that list, four of them players are not like one of them. And the one of them is is Kevin Sinfield. He just doesn't belong on the list. He doesn't belong on a, a list of that. I don't think he's a top 50 player from the last 20 years. I don't no. think he's ever close. I don't no. know if he'd be in the top 100. I wouldn't even put him in, in the top 20 for the best English players since 2000. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. I don't think every English player that's come over to Australia and had a crack over here, bar maybe one or two, would be ahead of him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Harvey Howard, definitely. you got Sam, George, Tom, the other Burgess. <laughs> they, look, they won premierships. Yeah. You know, how, if, argue with that. Even even the the thirty seven blokes that are from from Northern England that are playing for Canberra at the moment, yeah, <laughs> including um, oh Long John Williams. Oh look, I I already put Williams ahead of uh, Kevin Seinfeld yeah. just because like, I mean he is so important to the next generation of British rugby league players, and I don't want to talk out of turn, but it's already begun. Would you um, if you could. If you could drop Sinfield for another current English player. Yeah, a current who has, one. Who has played also in the NRL. Mm-hmm. Would you be more comfortable if Ryan Hall was ahead of Sinfield? No. <laughs> no. Ryan Hall's an English winger, and they're all the same. Zakarika? Um, no. You know who I would, would... The two that jump out at me, you'd have to look at James Graham, and you'd have to look at Gareth Widdop, and if I had to choose between the two, I'm going Graham. I think I'm going Witter. Hey, I'm going Graham because he has proved himself in both both competitions and at Test level. So I'm, I'm he's going more consistent going, and and um, despite being in the forwards, he hasn't been as injury prone either. That's true, and that's difficult. That's real difficult. I just think that the height of Widdop was higher than Graham in terms of, like, at one point, Widdop was one of the best players in the world. And for a short period of time, I I said he is the best player in the world right now. It wasn't for very long, unfortunately, because he's just so injury-prone towards the the second half of his career. But um, I think that when he was at his best, he's... He was just absolutely outstanding, and he had skills that uh, a lot of, you know, better-known British players over the last 30 years 
couldn't get near, quite honestly, and he did it for the Storm. Uh, he, he made that big money move to the Dragons, and it was a similar thing with Storm players. You don't buy Storm players because they never perform anywhere else. He really bucked the trend. He was very good for the Dragons until those injuries started to hit him. And uh, I think that there's a lot that, you know, for a forward, and look, James Graham's a real meat and potatoes sort of player, you know. it's There's not much, um, you know, he's not a flashy player. He's a very hard worker and he's a very determined player and he's a great competitor. But I think that the skill factor for Widdop and the fact that he did it in positions where British players for, you know, a couple of generations now have been absolutely abysmal and he stood shoulder to shoulder with Australian players and, and with, you know, it wasn't so much Australian players, just with the best in the world. Yeah. And that to me counts for a whole lot. And that's, that's why, and it's very close, but that's probably why I would put Widdop uh, ahead of Graham. Fair enough. Either way, both of them ahead of Sinfield. Ah, oh, 100%. 100%. So, I'm going to move on to the next point here now. Okay. And that is, given how absurd this poll is, mm-hmm. I think they should award it to Sinfield. I think so too. I, I wonder if we should run a Twitter campaign to make sure... Sinfield gets it, and I think he will. I think he will anyway. Yeah, just so, have Sinfield greatest ever. Yeah, that'll and, be the and, hashtag. Yeah, and we'll link it up. I'm going to put it across all of the Facebook things as well. Although, man, it would be pretty funny to make sure Wally Lewis won it too, eh? Because <laughs> you know they don't want Wally Lewis to win it. Yeah, you know they don't. But um, I, I don't know. I I think it would be a more fitting comedy act because mm-hmm. I don't even think English fans would accept Sinfield over the other four nominees there. No. No. Uh, like, look, I I was sitting there, and it's got to have been half an hour ago now, and I saw it pop up on my timeline as the five the five players. And I retweeted it, and people were just outraged. Yeah. Um, and all for the same reason. Like, what the hell is Sinfield doing there? Yeah, the other players weren't even mentioned, I don't think. It was just Sinfield. Mm. Um, do you reckon that we need to now do our top five players of all time? And I'm not talking about right now, because I know that it's... For you and me, it's actually important. It's not a throwaway thing. thing. Well, no, and, and that's because when it comes to doing something like this, I feel you need to do it right. You need to do do the proper thing mm-hmm. justice. Mm-hmm. And too many players have been ignored from that top five. Yep. So you can't tell me Brian Bevan was better than Clive Churchill, Daly Messenger, Billy Boston, um, Neil Fox, Benji Marshall, Priggle Burr. He had a great try scoring record, but those other people were, they were phenomenal in mm-hmm. every other way. Mm-hmm. Um, so even that's just a bit crazy. 
So what do you reckon, Ian? What if our next podcast is the top five players of all time? Would you be comfortable doing that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because... And I... Oh, man. Well, what we could do, okay, yeah. is put down a list of who we think are the 10 best players of mm-hmm. all time from the, let's say, the four the four um, test nations that have been around the longest. So Australia, England, New Zealand, France. Yeah. All right. And we'll get it down to, um, let's say, the top two from each poll. We'll go into a final poll. So we're making sure that we've got international players in there. We're doing this thing properly. See, for me, right? Maybe not that way, but maybe have the number of votes. So if... If you know someone, you know the third highest vote getter in Australia gets more votes than the top player from France, then that one goes in instead. Oh, see, I I don't want to leave it to a vote to people because I don't think I don't think there's anybody out there that are going to come up with a better top five than you and me. I know we'll we'll come up with a list. We'll allow people to vote on it, but we will have our own thing. We'll just. Making it interactive. So okay. we'll have the people's vote yeah. based on our list of what we give them. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of pigeonholing them a little bit. Yeah. And then we'll have our set list of who we who we decide are the best ever and we'll compare yeah. with what the fans think. Okay. Because, I mean, doing a top five, it's going to be really difficult. We're going to leave out players that we both love. Mm-hmm. And our lists will obviously be the right ones. Yeah. You know? That sounds like something we could work on. Okay. Let's make that... Unless something ridiculous happens, like, I don't know, comes out tomorrow, West Tigers are broken the salary cap. We'll do that <laughs> as, our, as our next... As our next podcast. Yeah, that... And, and to think I was sitting here thinking this is going to be a big meltdown for me. If the West Tigers come out and break the salary cap, that will be the biggest meltdown you'll ever get from me. <laughs> It'll just start with, how? Yeah. (laughs) Potato, what have you done? Who was the team that they broke the salary cap, but they weren't good? Was it Parramatta? Yeah, Uh, they they were the ones who got got done and went over. I think the Warriors also lost four points for going over the cap a few years back. Yep, yep, they did. Um, The Bulldogs, too. Remember, they were way over the cap recently. Thanks to Raylene Castle and, and Desi Hasler and whoever else was there. But didn't they get under the cap in time? Like they were they were told you have to get under by this I, time. I, I think so, but the, yeah. it, it screwed the club up for several years afterwards. Yeah, that's uh, true. Look, you know what? Yeah, because I'm thinking of just penalties, but you're right. They're like, they did destroy their cap and they were terrible. Yeah, the West Tigers are in that area, have, have always been in that era. Yeah. Like how many times have you seen articles of West Tigers at the cap limit? And you're going, what with? Yeah. It's weird when you get to that point. Like, you can see, I can look at the, say, the Gold Coast Titans and think to myself, I can see where they've spent their money. But then there's other, like the Bulldogs recently, where you looked at their side and you're like, where is the money? Like, who have they spent the money on that they're, I mean, even today, the Bulldogs are still having to deal with some salary cap 
constraints and i'm not saying they're over the cap or anything but there's there's issues they've still got to churn through to get out of salary cap hell and you yeah. kind of look at their lineup and you say man where's the money gone yeah the tigers are very much the same at the moment so much mm-hmm. money so many millions tied up in players who'll be sitting on the pine or playing reserve grade um just obscene mm. thanks ivan <laughs> I'd hate to be supporting the club that he's now gone to. Oh, hang on. <laughs> How dare you. Mate, there's a lot of juniors in that Penrith club at the moment, which tells me he's stockpiling cash to splash on a whole heap of shit players. Uh, you know, I think the saving grace for us might be that you know how coaches have those players they like to have around and rely upon and and they're just comfortable having in their team? Yeah. I feel like a lot of those players he's had in the past in those positions have they're, they're about to retire or they have retired. Mm. So I think that might save us from that, but I don't know. I don't know. Right. I mean, the one thing you've got to remember is he did form relationships with players at the West Tigers. Yeah, that is scary. That is yeah. scary. Like Moses and Bai, all of a sudden, mm. we pick him up and we put him at fullback. On a million bucks a year. Yeah. Or we, like, we buy a Tiger's second rower for our well, centers. I mean, he did buy back Malachi Wateni Zalesniak. Yeah, that's true, actually. And was Tim Grant, Tim Grant was another one he brought back as well? He, he was, and I was outraged when that happened. Like, Tim Grant was done when we got rid of him. Yeah. So, yeah. I won't count it out yet. Could have been some <laughs> sort of hope. Fuck you. You're fucking hoping, aren't you? You're hoping. Oh, you're like you to that wouldn't believe. In about three years' time, where I'm like, why the fuck did we just sign like Corey Thompson? <laughs> why do we just pay pay three years for Russell Packer? He's already thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah. I'll be like, why? Why are they giving Benji Marshall a run? What's going on here? He's like 42 now. What's going on? <laughs> and why are they trying to get Robbie Farrow out of retirement for? Yeah. Just let him be. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say to you I've been through too much as a Panthers fan because I know what you've been through as a Tigers fan, but, man, I just yeah. need some – just all I need, right? I'm not asking for much. I just need it to not fall apart and be crap. That's all. I don't mind if we just missed finals or something. Just don't take me back to the Matthew Elliott era where I'm yelling at the TV. That's all I ask for. I oh, see. That's the thing that happened when when Jason Taylor was coaching the Tigers. I went beyond yelling. I yeah. just I just sat up there and watched the TV and just laughed and shook my head. Yeah, I got past angry. Well, I think it's it was. I I don't know if we said it in a podcast we recorded or one of those stellar ones that we didn't record, but it's like. When you are watching your team play and they they win a game and your first thought is, well, that's an, that's a week that the shitty coach just bought himself and that's another week extra before we have this clean out that we need, that's when it's a bad position. That's when you're in the worst place for a club. That was West Tigers in 2012. Yeah. 2015, 2016, yeah. 2017, 2018. <laughs> At least you got Maguire now. Oh. Did you see the article from about him earlier today? 
No, what told, was it? He's told the Tigers players he wants he wants a second premiership. And my response was, oh, it looks like the Tigers are losing another coach. <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, you, you've got to have the cattle. Mick, yeah. you know this. You've got to have the cattle, mate. And he just doesn't, unfortunately. It's... No. He's still, he is still hamstrung by what Ivan Cleary did with the, with the um, signings there a few years back. And we're not going to be able to do anything until we've cleared those people off the books, which is going to be another one or two years. And the terrible thing about that is, too, that by the time that has happened, the one of the staples of the club and one of the the people that could guide the team to a premiership, if they did have the cattle, is is going to be retired by then in Benji Marshall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ugh, it sucks when you're in this position. Yeah, well, as Tigers fans, you're kind of used to it because, you know, it's been an ongoing thing since 2000. Um, I've only seen my team play in the finals uh, six times since I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a long time. That's crazy, yeah. yeah. And three, three of those final series were Balmain. The other three were the West Tigers. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a... Uh, uh, infuriating and slightly depressing episode. Wasn't that fantastic? I know. We're just going to go and sit down now and contemplate our clubs. Yeah, and, I'll just, uh, I'm will just i just going to go to the corner and have a bit of a cry. Yeah, yeah. I started having, because um, the Matthew Elliott era, that's my name. So I started, yeah. like, getting flashbacks and shit, a little Cold bit sweats. of PTSD. Yeah. Uh, not good. Not no. good. See, I, I sit here and I look at something like this greatest players of all time thing mm-hmm. and knowing that they didn't ask a single historian yeah. makes me wonder why my brain decided to do something so fucking niche like being a rugby league historian. Yeah, I'm not no, even right. going to get asked to help with one of these things. <laughs> like the, I, yeah, There's part of me that feels like there's so much that the rugby league... Uh, the Rugby Football League puts out, and look, even the NRL, where it, it gathers a moment. There's a group of people that don't quite know enough about the game, and they get an idea, and by the time it's got enough momentum where it's just its own thing and it's off and running, and then people that do know about the game that are maybe around the place, it's already off and running now. It's too late because they're down to the final five. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Frustrating. Anyway, I've I've got a good note to to uh, to finish up on. Okay. Yeah. We we received our fifty first follower on our Facebook page during the week. Oh, nice, excellent. And it was Mrs. Nathan. Ah, it's good to have Mrs. Nathan on board. Hey. Yeah. I mean, that, that just makes that... I mean, now I'm going to start putting effort in on that Facebook page because I don't want to disappoint her. Yeah, you kind of run the Facebook page, eh? Hey? I do? Yeah. Okay, I better start doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I, run the, uh, I run the website, which is badly updated. But, uh, yeah. Facebook page is on you, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Good to know we've got that sorted out. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's only been there for a year. <laughs> yeah. Hey, now I've got an idea too, and I, I'm I'm uh, this is business without notice. Okay. Um, March is coming up. Okay. And should we do something to commemorate one year of the podcast? Oh yeah, we should. What should we do? I don't know, and I thought maybe we could ask the the fans, and yeah. in typical format, we'd ask them and then ignore them. Yeah, I like doing that. Yeah, like I, I like I like them feeling as though they're part of this. Yeah, and then just fucking ignoring them. And if we don't come up with anything, mm-hmm. then we can just fall back on their stuff. Yeah, but because we've already said that. Um, we're not going to listen to them. It would just come across as though we come up with that idea anyway, even though I've just said that. People aren't going to know. It's a beautiful system. It really is. Um, we can like we can just get the suggestion and then just to not acknowledge the person who uh, who put it forward. Just like we do with the interns you've got there. Yeah. Well, I was going to just say like someone like the works of Fox Sports, but you know. <laughs> well, that's true too. Um, I did have I did have some news. One of the interns is going to get promoted. All right. Yeah, and so instead of being instead of being jabbed with a pointy stick, we're going to put a little bit of a rounded, beveled edge on the stick so that it doesn't hurt as much when they get poked. Yeah, I reckon that's nice. Hey, it's sometimes you got to show you got to show them that you care. Yeah. You know, you got to. I always think that. To have a good working environment, you need to have the right level of um, – you've got to have a camaraderie with your employees. And, and we don't employ them. They're only interns. But, uh, yeah, I think that having a beveled edge on the stick will be good. Um, I almost acknowledged one the other day, hey. <laughs> it was weird because I, I come into the studio because we've got studios and, uh, like – they were sort of standing there next to the wall and the door was closing and I sort of almost made eye contact with them, which would have been a shame because, you know, my eye contact rule, it's like you're gone, you're fired if you make eye contact with me. Exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah, so almost made acknowledge their presence, which was kind of weird. That was that was touch and go. Yeah, it was, it was. I thought the the fact that I didn't, have eye contact with them and that they're still around. I think they're still around. I mean, they all look the same to me, like a bunch <laughs> of right. NPCs walking around. Um, it's uh, It was good. I think yeah. that we're making progress with how we treat the people that, that make sure this podcast comes into being. Exactly. Well, that, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and finally, one last bit of news, uh, cricket news. The Big Bash League has ended. Um mm-hmm. And check out this record. The Melbourne Stars have lost again. So let's. I'm going to run you through the Melbourne Stars record for every season of the Big Bash League, okay? There's been nine years. Okay. Uh, season one, they lost the semifinal. Season two, they lost the semifinal. Season three, they lost the semifinal. Season four, lost the semifinal. Season five, they won the semifinal, but lost the final. Season six, lost the semifinal. Season seven... Pretty much lost all the time and came dead last. Season 8, lost in the final. And Season 9 tonight, they lost in the final again. So well done, Melbourne Stars. You're just a, you've got a lovely losing culture. Wow, they've... Uh, they, they choked more than St. Helens. 
They lost more semis than an octogenarian before Viagra was invented. That is... That's glorious. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, Julie will hate hearing this, but uh, I don't give a fuck about the big bash, hey? I could not care less. It's just Mickey Mouse crap. Can I counter that? Yeah, go on. No, I can't. I agree completely. It's shit. <laughs> <laughs> they managed to get a game in, hey? It's been raining all day in Sydney. How'd they manage to get a game? Yeah, because you can't play in the rain. I mean, I, I used to play cricket and played once in hail. Yeah. Still kept playing. Just on another sporting note, because we cover all the sports. Um, at, the, at the $10 million stadium that Blacktown City Council built for an AFL team that doesn't play within fucking 30 kilometres of Blacktown. They had a women's AFL match on. Yeah. And neither team was able to score 10 points. Now, I don't like AFL. It's a shit sport. It's just garbage. But you get... I'm pretty sure you get, like, seven points for a goal. Isn't it seven or six points you get for a goal? It's six in the men's. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't studied that for a long time, though. So it's got to be six in the women's. I so imagine they so. Kick, they couldn't even kick two goals. So they neither team scored 20 points. Uh, 10 points, sorry. In the whole game. That's fantastic. Yeah, what, an advertisement for, what an investment for AFL. Hey? What an advertisement for AFL. I know. That would have been pretty funny to watch. Do you, do you think they're trying to corner that market that's being left open by rugby union? Oh, you know, rugby union fans, they like watching games where there's no no major points yeah. scored and yeah. low scores and close games. Let's see if we can corner that market and have a few close, low-scoring games of our own. Do you remember when they had rugby union in Australia? When? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Here we go. Well, people, you can follow us on Twitter at FergoFreakPod. Um, go to our YouTube page. Click the bell icon to get updated whenever we do an episode on there. Um, subscribe to us on there, all that sort of garbage. Um, <laughs> we're on LinkedIn, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Go and click all the like buttons and shit like that. You know, that'd be fantastic. Anything That's how much with this? Yes, anything with, like, five stars, anything with hearts. Give us a really well, – you know what we need is our first review for, for 2020 on Apple iTunes. So you go into Apple iTunes and just leave a really, really – the comment doesn't even matter. It's more the five stars. you got to rate it five stars and just leave a really random comment like uh, say that uh, we, I don't know, cured diseases or something like that. Yeah, I suppose – yeah, that would work. Cure diseases. Maybe we could be the cure for coronavirus. Maybe. Man, it would really suck if one of us died with corona now, hey? Well, maybe we could say it was done to try and help out the greater populace. Well, that's my big thing when people say, like, what's the best thing you can do for the environment? It's like, first thing is to get sterilised. Well, that's true. Mm. But I don't care about the environment. The environment's trying to kill you all the time, so who cares about the environment? It doesn't care about us. <laughs> well, yeah. 
maybe we could we could say some some politically incorrect um, throwaway catchphrase lines there. I can't think of that off the top of my head, but you know, global warming and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. When people see if I'm prompted to say something politically incorrect, I can't think of anything. But it, it's you're better off just saying just talk for a bit, and it'll just come out anyway. Well, that's true. Yeah, I'm 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 a political fence to the. Yeah, I, I'm. For me, I, it's I, always I, I cannot jump one side or the other, knowing that each side are as bad as each other. Yeah, so I just like to sit ends. in the middle. I just like to sit in the middle and and watch watch the diehards whinge about one another instead of actually mm. trying to do something constructive. Yeah, I agree. I will vote for uh, anybody that gives me the best deal for me and no one else. Yeah, exactly right. That's why it should be. Yeah. Right, well, I mean, geez, there's been some advice there for voting. Yeah. My God, there's nothing we can't cover. Exactly. And our next episode is going to be, it's kind of going to be a history episode, I guess. So people need to strap in and be ready for that. We are due for that. We've got a yeah. few a few history episode ideas up our sleeve, so yeah, we'll see what we can pull you know yeah pull out of the hat and and bring up there. Yeah, and I'll put look this. Uh, I'm just looking at this uh, list now. I will put the link in the show description. So if you want to check it out, just go to the show description, and and the link will be there from the Rugby Football League and their list of the top five players of all time. So you can, but, you know. Are we, are we are we going to push for for Sinfield? Yeah, I think let's push for Sinfield. So go on, vote for Sinfield. It's got a little thing that makes sure you're not a robot because we wouldn't want mindless robots ruining this. So let's all jump on and ruin it. <laughs> That's right. So let's vote Sinfield for greatest player ever. Yeah, 100%. I'm just he, doing my vote right now. Yeah, same here. He deserves it. He put in literally hours of work. Yeah. Imagine the... Uh, see, I don't even think the RFL wants to say Kevin Siffer was the greatest player ever. That'd be so funny. Man, it, it would be. be Imagine that. They they have this big... They've got this big gala occasion with the two drinks machines out the back. The little fold-out table that they got from a local corner shop for 15 bucks, And they've got like some shitty trophy that they've put on there that's uh, a gold trophy that's bronze made out of silver. Yeah, silver silver spray paint. They'll uh, I wonder yeah. if they buy, like, a brand-new plastic doily from Tesco to chuck over them fold-out tables. That'd be nice. Ooh, you know, I reckon they might even go all out and do two because they might get two of those tables because yeah, all the dignitaries want to be there with all their gold medals and paraphernalia on. I wonder if Fat Prince Arrow will turn up for that. He'll be there. Yeah. He'll come from Canada and, and gate crash Buckingham Palace, maybe. That, that would be fucking cool, actually. It'll be, it'll be uh, James Graham with the two drinks machines and the two fold-out tables and the doilies and the shitty trophy and Kevin Sinfield. What an occasion. My body is ready for this occasion to occur, hey? <laughs> All right, so we, we've got to get a hashtag. We go. Um, um, so we have Kev the greatest. Kev, uh, Kevin, what could you do 
Go- uh, what about uh, goats in field? Goats in field. Go- I like yeah. it. Goat goats in field. Hashtag goats in field. Is that what we're going with? We'll go with goats in field. I'll okay. do the hashtag now. Okay. On the Twitter account. Yeah, I'll do it on my one as well. Um, so Mate, we're tweeting live. How good is that? Goat, goat. You know, I did goat Sinford and I did goat all in all in uppercase. Yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. And the S for Sinford in uppercase, and it looks like it says goats infield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, goats. <laughs> I feel like we go with it. It's like goats infield. It's like Ray Warren is, is talking about some some herd of goats running infield. And I'm going to do, I'm underneath and I'm going to put out a podcast. Fucking, That's even better. Yeah. Goats infield. That's brilliant. Alrighty. Well, that we've got our admin done. Yeah, that's all of the uh, work that we put in. Yeah. Thanks, people. Get in there and vote for the goat. Mm. And when we say goat, we're talking Sinfield. Yeah. It would be hilarious if they name him. The greatest player of all time. It really would. And I don't reckon. Some... I, I don't reckon a mountain goat could crawl up his up his uh, forehead. I know you're worried about what I was going to say there. <laughs> well, not worried. Just wondering where you were going to go with that. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't stepping in. <laughs> yeah, you're going to leave me hanging out there. Yeah, I just you know you've you've cast that line. Yeah, that's fair just... enough. I'll let you see what you do with it. Alrighty, people. Thanks for tuning in. Vote for the goat, and uh, we'll catch you next time.